and welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast with me, Gail, and my amazing guest. I finally quit drinking for good in March of 2018, and one of the things that helped me was connecting with people on the same journey as me, hearing their stories and finding inspiration. No matter where you are on your journey to sobriety, I hope you enjoy listening to these stories and hope they bring you inspiration, joy and light so you can find your own sober bliss. Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of Sober Bliss Meets and today I'm delighted to be joined by Susanna Butcher who I'm honoured to say that uh, you are my friend now, aren't you, Susanna? Yeah, <laughs> We've had a few meetings uh, and chats together. Um, and today I'd like to welcome Susanna, who is founder of Compreneur. And you are also an EFT coach as well, aren't you? Yeah. Which is what we're going to talk about today. And also Susanna's journey to do with... Um, addiction and giving up alcohol as well so welcome Susanna oh thank you for having me oh it's a pleasure I'm so excited to talk to you thank you so first of all if you could just tell us um what is um EFT or tapping as it's also known as Mm -hmm. yeah that's fine so um eft just stands for emotional freedom technique and it's a type of energy therapy or energy healing um which is based around the meridians in the body um so if anyone's watching or listening that's had acupuncture before you may be familiar with that term Mm. um used in traditional chinese medicine and it kind of believes that we have lots of different energy uh channels which kind of run throughout our body yeah. Um, and EFT works by tapping on certain points of your kind of face and upper body um, in order to release, uh, release blocked energy and to kind of restore harmony. So it's really useful for a wide range of things related to confidence, money blocks, uh, releasing trauma, um, a whole host of amazing things that it can help with. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've had a few sessions with you have a nice so I can kind of confirm that it is really really helpful can you just explain um you know the process so what happens if someone somebody were to meet with you and have a session what's involved exactly so um what I normally try and do is just have a kind of uh interim session just so that people feel comfortable with comfortable with me um, I'm quite kind of laid back anyway um, and yeah. we tend to just kind of go with the flow of what comes up it's really important um, in terms of if there is trauma or any kind of upsetting issues that they are treated really gently and compassionately mm. um, and um, in some cases I might need to just tiptoe around the trauma so as I don't re-traumatize somebody so um, we kind of, I, I like to kind of work on whatever comes up for people. Sometimes people come to me with a specific need or a specific trauma, which they'd like to release. Um, but we, we'll just kind of talk through the session, work out what's coming up for people. And then what we do is rate the intensity of the emotion that they're feeling. 
Um, so say if um, somebody's got a craving for a cigarette, it's like really bad craving, um, I might say, okay, how strong is that craving on a, a scale of one to 10? Mm. Um, and this is on what's called the SUD scale. And that just stands for subjective units of distress. Um, so okay. 10 being like, oh my God, I really need a cigarette right now. Yeah. <laughs> the one, well, you know, I can kind of take it or leave it. Um, so the idea is that you want to bring that intensity right down. Mm. Um, and then we would start tapping. And tapping always starts with a setup phrase. Um, and that's where you would just tap on what's called your karate chop point, which is just this kind of fleshy area on mm. the side of the hand. And that's just about acknowledging the truth of how you're feeling right now, but kind of accepting that that is the truth of how you're feeling and that that's okay. Yeah. Um, so we would do three different versions of the setup phrase, and then we would work through all the different tapping points um, normally do a few rounds depending on um I, I kind of use my intuition a little bit so I'm guided by my client as well mm. uh, sometimes it might just be one round sometimes it might be a few um and then I always like to kind of take a nice deep breath as well um but yeah the tapping points are just sort of show anyone that's who's um watching yeah. might be interested now first of all I just want to say as well like when you first do EFT it feels like really weird you yeah. think like what am I doing like it this does. Feels weird, right? <laughs> but it, it does work <laughs> and it does really help as um studies have shown that it does it calms the amygdala which is the kind of fight flight or freeze response in your brain mm. um, and it also reduces uh, cortisol in your blood but which is a stress hormone mm. uh, and there's more emerging evidence for it which is really good so it, it does look weird but it does work <laughs> Um, yeah. So the points are, there's uh, the eyebrow points, which is just at the top of the nose on the edge of the eyebrow. Then it goes around to the side of the eye, just mm. in line with the pupil. It goes under the eye, again, just in line with the pupil on the bony bit. Uh, then under the nose, midway, just halfway between the nose and the upper lip. The chin point, again, central to the chin. The collarbone point, which is a really nice um, tapping point, actually. Yeah, like, I like that one. Yeah, you might like that one as well. Um, under the arm, which probably feels the strangest, it's just in line with the bra strap if you're a woman or the nipple if you're a man. Um, and then top of the head. Um, and then you just work around again and again. Um, and then we normally just end with a deep breath. Check mm. in again on that distress scale um, to see whether it's come down. Um, so hopefully it's come down by one, two, sometimes more. And then by the end of the sessions, working with somebody, the idea is that that would come right down so that there is less distress associated with the issue. Okay, okay. Yes, I remember going through a few sessions with you and the, doing the rounds. And it does feel a bit weird at first, but you kind of settle into it, don't you? And just accept what's happening. And you can almost feel, in my case anyway, the kind of stress and the distress just kind of leaving mm. as you yeah go that's how people describe it they say that they feel um that they've had a release and that they yeah. feel lighter somehow yeah yeah and a bit buzzy as well I remember yeah. a little bit buzzy yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how often would you say that it's helpful to do this say for example um alcohol cravings or you know you're on the sobriety journey how how much tapping would you need to do in order to help with that 
Well, it, it's difficult. I think if you're on, if you want to do tapping on your own, that's absolutely fine. Um, but as I said earlier, if you do have any trauma, mm -hmm. um, tapping can bring them up. Um, it's quite effective at bringing things up to the surface. So it's just something that people need to be mindful of. Um, that they don't want to, anyone to kind of go off and re-traumatize themselves. Yeah. Um, but if it is, a, if it is a crate, just a craving, then you can just tap until the feeling subsides. So people okay. could just work through the points on their own, taking mm. some nice deep breaths as they do that. Um, I've got a few different videos on YouTube that people can follow as well. I need to do one actually for alcohol craving, so I think that'd be quite useful. Oh, um, yes, so yeah, just every time that there is a craving um, is the ideal time to do it. Um, and thereafter you can continue practice sort of morning and evening. A lot of people like to do it before bed because it kind of helps just to release the day a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you would recommend um, working with somebody like you. For example, me, I'd heard of it before, but I wouldn't have had a clue where to start or what to do. So it is recommended really, isn't it, that you work with a professional? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if, if it's a, just a general issue, um, like I've done a one just for panic on YouTube, so it just helped for people just to calm down mm. but if you want to kind of tackle lots of com complex areas in your life so maybe there is um, a food addiction which you know is tied to something else um, yeah. because a lot of our um, our problems present in adulthood and it does quite often go back a lot further when you kind of delve deep and unpeel the onion there's a lot of stuff that we um, take with us into adulthood um, so yeah I think if it if it is just a one-off craving then you know it's fine to do it but if you want to really get in deep and address those traumas it's probably best to work with a, a practitioner one-to-one -one. yeah yeah <clears throat> well I can vouch for that because I found it hugely beneficial working with you and we will at the end um you know get your links and things so people can get in touch with you if if they want to can you tell me how you um discovered eft what drew you to it in the first place yeah so it was about it must be about six years ago now um it was a, just a business group that i was in and there was a lady in there that um did tapping for money blocks and mm. um I knew that I had a lot of money blocks that I needed to resolve. Um, I think, she, I don't know if she's still practicing, but she, she's also on YouTube, funny enough. She's called uh, Tapping Into Money Girl. Um, if anyone's watching, that might be useful. Um, so I was just literally following her videos. Um, and then I kind of did it on and off throughout the years. But it wasn't really until I started Compreneur, um, what, about 18 months ago now, that I decided that I went on my own kind of personal development journey. And I thought, actually, I'd really love to learn more about EFT and how it works. Um, so I then decided to study it myself as well. So, yeah, practicing for about six years um, and then actually qualified um, just for, uh, when was it, end of last year. So yeah. uh, not too long ago, now, about six months altogether, I think. Wow, wow. And I've been dying to ask you this. Is it kind of draining for you? Because obviously when... We do the tapping together you're doing it as well and saying all the phrases how do you handle other people's trauma if you like 
Well, it's surprising actually. I thought that I would be more affected than I than I was than I am. I actually mm. I'm fine, and there is something with tapping which is called borrowed benefits, which is lovely. Um, and this is quite often felt. Um, some people, some practitioners do like um, group events, so they might like have a local meeting and like uh, do EFT in a, to a group of people. Mm. And even if you're tapping on someone else's issue or trauma quite often you can feel the, the benefits yourself um, so I think actually that the tapping helps me to kind of cope with the things that I'm hearing and the things yeah. that I'm trying to help with so it's 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 quite it's quite nice for me in some respects as well yeah oh that's lovely because <laughs> I was worried <laughs> oh bless <laughs> you <laughs> no it's fine it's it's actually it's nice you know I just afterwards I just I normally just take a few breaths myself I might have a little tap sometimes mm. just just in case there is anything but for the most part I'm able to leave it in the session until the next time so it's quite it's quite good it's it feels like it's a healthy kind of boundary yeah yeah and for me it's just a lovely way to get things out I found because you know you can sit by yourself and journal or meditate on something but actually doing the tapping um it's just a lovely release um and it does make you feel good doesn't it yeah, yeah it does it's um it's that there's new kind of um evidence and research about somatic healing which is where you heal your mind through your body mm. um and it's particularly effective for trauma um so yeah it's re it is really nice it's a good way of processing um difficulties yeah yeah and how often would you have to do it for example if you had an issue um you know do you have to keep going for weeks or months well i would normally recommend so i tend to work with people either in blocks of three five or ten sessions so mm. some people find that even after three sessions they feel like amazing benefits from it wow. um i tend to do um, five seems to work for um, generalised um, anxiety and maybe one or two traumatic incidents, but 10 sessions is for kind of the real life-changing work, I guess. Mm. Um, I think we, we had six, didn't we, in the end? We and did. Quite, we addressed quite a lot in those yeah. sessions. Um, yeah, we did. You can, it's surprising what you can cover in an hour. Mm. Um, and like I said, I'm quite led by the client because what, what comes up for them is obviously important and I you know sometimes we seem to go off on a little bit of a tangent but then we might go back to the bigger thing at the beginning a bit later on so yeah um, it's just it, yeah it's just a it's a process I guess yeah yeah a lovely process I oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay so I wanted to ask a little bit more about your journey because we've met in Compreneur mm -hmm. uh, which you've been uh, which is a business group, isn't it, for um, women like me who want to have a business and be calm about it. <laughs> um, but we also got similarities in our alcohol-free journey as well. Mm -hmm. Would you mind sharing uh, your personal journey about this? Not at all. Um, so, yeah, I started um, drinking at a really young age. So, gosh even as a child actually I remember being allowed port and lemonade at Christmas and mm. um, just quite a lot of alcohol around all the time my dad um, was an alcoholic 
um, or addicted to alcohol. Um, as was my mum, she drank quite a lot as well. So alcohol was a massive part of our lives. Um, yeah. And yeah, I remember getting drunk. I probably got drunk maybe 12 or 13, the first really? time I got drunk. Wow. Yeah, really young, really young. Um, and then I didn't drink. Uh, I drank quite a lot up, up until I was about 16, then not so much for a few years. Um, and then it was more as I got into adulthood and this kind of stresses and strains of life took over, I would drink more heavily. Um, mm. I used to drink, I used to be one of the lads. Um, so I'd drink pints of lager and I'd keep up with the boys that were drinking um, when, when we, my husband and I first got together. Um, and then it was really when uh, I had my kids that I started to drink more actually, yeah. which is quite bad. I know that it's probably a similar story for you, isn't it? As it well. is, yeah. Um, and a lot of mums as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, you know, I didn't drink when I was pregnant like you, you know, I gave up drinking and smoking. I was really healthy. Um, and then I, I just started habitual drinking, um, just Friday night wine. Then it was Saturday night wine. And then some leftover Sunday night wine, mm. bad day Monday, Monday night wine. <laughs> and it gradually just kind of got worse yeah. and worse. Um, and then it just came to a point a couple of years ago, I knew I was drinking too much and I, I'd known it for some time. Um, but I don't know, something just changed. Like I had a few uh, messages from the universe, if you want to call it that. I kept seeing little bird cages everywhere um, and it just seemed significant. Um, and then I realized that it was on a book that I'd ordered, which was the unexpected joy of being sober. Yeah. And I thought there's, there's like, this is a sign if ever I, if ever I saw one. Definitely. Um, yeah. And it was that book actually that really triggered it for me. And then I read, uh, the Jason Vale book, um, how to quit drinking. I think it's called. Kick the drink easily. I think it is. Yeah. 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 I read that one as well. Um, and then I didn't drink then for about um eight eight or nine months um and i i occasionally drink now but i have to be really careful because i'm i can't moderate my alcohol intake at all <laughs> so i don't have it in the house um but if we're going out or on the rare occasion we have people over for dinner then i might have a glass then yeah uh, but to be honest i think there will come a day when i have to just say i can't have anything at all um yeah. and i do worry that even now you know, when things are particularly stressful, I do still get that craving and think, you know, I could all yeah. too easily go to the shop and get a bottle of wine, put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we talked about that, didn't we, in, um, in the group about um, that moment of stress yeah. when it's just, like you say, it's just so easy and tempting to numb it everything out. Mm. with with wine and do you use um eft to help you through those moments yeah i do and I, that was what i had last week i had um it was just like a fear of missing out thing um mm. just seeing people at events and abroad and drinking and it was just like i don't know my life just seemed quite boring i suppose um no. <laughs> so yeah i did i just tapped through that kind of uh feeling of really needing drink and that just helped me to put things in perspective um, but I use lots of different techniques so I use distraction I use meditation mm. um, and I write quite a lot as well I know you're, you're a fan of journaling I, I journal as well yeah yeah and this all kind of came from that sign from the universe and reading the book and do you feel better for having that long break and now um 
drinking hardly anything. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, I didn't drink, um, like, for the whole of January, January. And then at the weekend, we had friends over, so we had a little bit, but not much at all. But I'm what I'm most pleased about is that we've just broken that habitual drinking habit, because yeah. I think that was the most damaging it was used, I self-medicated with alcohol, I self-soothed with it, mm. it was my release, um, I was really quite um, uh, aggressive, not aggressive, uh, protective of my time, I, you know, I didn't want mm. anyone around, I wanted that to be my, my drink time, my mummy time to drink, yeah. um, and it was really unhealthy, but it was the mornings that I really felt that was the worst, because I would always, I started to just feel so guilty, when I woke up in the mornings, I felt guilty that I hadn't slept very well, that I wasn't up early for my kids, that I'd maybe said something the night before, that I wasn't very present for them. Um, yeah. And that was the worst feeling, actually. Yeah, it is. I can relate to that completely. And waking up in the night as well, you know, panic attack and heart racing and regret and, and shame and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So um, I feel that it's worth it you know I know it's giving up with the cravings and the fear of missing out but just to have that peace of mind and especially when you wake up in the morning and you know that you haven't done anything bad you haven't said anything awful just that peace of mind and that sense of freedom um for me anyway it's just what makes all the tough moments a lot easier to get through would you find that as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I just feel like when I stopped drinking for that long extended period of time, um, everything changed for me, really. I realised how much I had been self-sabotaging. Mm. I realised how much I've been putting off making decisions about my business. Um, yeah. I realised that I was just coasting and drifting and like the amount of money as well spent, spent on alcohol was just ridiculous. Mm. Um, you know, you think for four, five, six bottles of wine a week, you know, it's a lot of money, well over 150 quid a month, just yeah. on alcohol. Um, so that was a, that was a cause of guilt as well. But yeah, the, my life feels a lot calmer now. Um, mm. And I know, I remember you writing a post about this, everything does feel calmer. So like when I first stopped, I literally thought I could never, ever, ever, ever do it. Um, I thought, how can I ever do a Friday and Saturday night, night without drinking wine? I just didn't think I could ever do it. Um, and it was tough. You know, the first few weekends were difficult. I was like, you know, <laughs> biting my nails and, you know, yeah. oh God, this is boring. <laughs> um, yeah. but actually, now I really like my Friday and Saturday nights. You know, I get my tonic water. Um, I might get a little sweet treat, uh, mm. watch something on Netflix. And just, yeah. yeah, it's nice. I go to bed a bit earlier, but it's nice. It's not like it's, it doesn't feel boring. It just, it feels, it just feels calm. Yeah. Yeah. So you go from kind of sitting on your hands, don't you? And yeah. just hoping for the best to, to then, um, you do get, develop new routines, new habits, and you discover yeah. things that you like to do instead, don't you? I'm like you. Yeah. I really like my Friday and Saturday nights now. Um, you find different ways to treat yourself. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, that is my self-care, you know, not drinking is actually yeah. self-care. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Reversing yeah. it. Because I think we are given the message that, you know, Friday night, nice to glass of wine, treat yourself. But actually, is it really caring mm. for yourself if you've got a problem with alcohol or you've got any kind of level of addiction there? Yeah. Um, but just generally speaking, um, you know, we 
this must frustrate you so much the messages that we get about alcohol um, and actually yeah. how damaging it is and it is so damaging and I never thought that I'd be in the position of being addicted to alcohol after you know watching my own dad die from the disease that has alcoholism you know I didn't think that would happen to me um, yeah. you know I, I was going down that route yeah yeah it is scary um but I think it's even scarier the fact that it's kind of promoted and pushed on especially as mums mm-hmm. um you know I remember talking to my friend when I was still drinking about a bad day that I'd had with the kids and you know the first thing that she would say and the first thing that you see on social media is like oh sounds like you deserve glass or two of wine and mm. I like to think of it now is do you actually deserve to poison yourself do you deserve to feel that way do you deserve the guilt and the shame no you don't you deserve so much more you yeah. deserve to feel so much better and I think that's what helped me as well through difficult times mm. yeah definitely yeah so tell me a little bit more then about calmpreneur you're the queen of calm aren't you (laughs) queen of calm yeah trying to be my crown falls off sometimes Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean again this was all it it was like this few months that were just a catalyst for change in my life so um one of them was giving up drinking uh which was really significant because then i'd I just got clarity on where I was going with stuff. Um, At the time I was running um, a membership website for women in business. So I was doing a lot of online training Mm -hmm. um, for women in business based around all sorts of things, you know, confidence, social media, um, list building, loads of different things. Um, But I was really, I was really just burnt out. I was, I was struggling to keep up with the workload. Um, I, I loved I loved helping people like I really loved helping people um, to do stuff and business that was really fulfilling but it just felt that there was something not quite right about what I was offering um, yeah. so I made the decision to close that membership which was really heartbreaking um, but I knew that it was the right thing to do um, I was a bit fed up of just feeling like I couldn't be honest about my uh, struggles with mental illness and mm. you know showing up fake it till you make it all those kind of hustle messages yeah. you know I, I felt like I had to wear a mask I felt that I couldn't really be totally myself mm. um, because it would be seen as a weakness or seen as mm. some sort of failing so I just was just in bed one morning thinking what what should I do like what where am I going with my business and my life um (laughs) and I just came up with that idea that actually I I wanted to be honest I wanted a more calm business I wanted to still help people because I really liked that um and I knew that other people must feel like me because you know we do get so many messages that are unhealthy um and I knew that with so many people in the, out of the population struggling with stuff like anxiety um, and depression, all kinds of mental illness, I knew there'd be other people in business that 
that had an illness. Um, so I came up with the name Carmpreneur and I thought, yeah, that's what I, that's what I want to encapsulate. Like, that's what I want to be. Um, so I try and be that, you know, I, I don't always, I'm still on my own journey. Like I'm yeah. not quite there yet, <laughs> but it just <laughs> sounded like something that people might like to be. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just started, um, blogging. I, I, uh, started my group. Um, I had no real um, plans business-wise um, or making money-wise, which is probably completely not sensible, but I was, you know, I'm, I'm quite heart-centered, so I kind of go with my gut and, my, you know, the flow a lot more. Um, and then it was then I started to want to know more about trauma and healing. Um, so I then I just decided to study EFT. I trained as a mental health um, first aider um training as a coach at the moment and doing trauma courses as well so i just wanted wow. to just learn as much as i could that i could pass on to other people um and i used to be quite closed about i've, I've always been really open and like a real oversharer <laughs> but in business i've always been quite guarded um and i think my husband that's my husband's fault because he's really like he's like well you want to be careful people don't steal your ideas so i'm like this you know yeah. don't copy my homework but now it just feels nice because i'm just so much more open about everything and yeah. i just think you know we're, we're all different and you know if someone does copy one of my ideas so what you know they are mm. there and I am me <laughs> exactly exactly it's it's the person isn't it not yeah. the the thing or the product yes. it's the person definitely yeah yeah and it just feels nice now to just share so openly and mm. givingly without any expectation of anything yeah yeah and would you say that this kind of journey all stemmed from you rethinking your relationship with alcohol and having a break yeah i think it really did actually i it, it did because that's how it all came about you know i'd given up drinking uh i can't remember what month it was now but i'd had quite a long stint of not drinking um, but the, the year before was really bad. So I, w I was just drinking so much to cope with all sorts of different stress in my life. Lots of financial stress, uh, lots of worry about my kids, um, lots of worry about uh, self-doubt and being successful. Um, and it was all fueled by pain. Um, and it was when I gave up that I, I, I guess that healing journey really did start. And that's when I decided to change business as well yeah wow it's so inspiring oh thank you <laughs> it is it is <laughs> um so what would you say to somebody who is currently thinking gosh i am in that place um i need to change you know what advice would you give to them who are want to give up perhaps or are worried about their drinking so I would first of all say, God, well done for even getting to that stage. Like yeah. I had little alarm bells going off for quite a long time before I even thought about giving up drinking. So like, that's a really big decision in itself. And it might yeah. not even be that you do it now, but at least it's in your mind. Um, and just to, just to take it slowly, you know, explore a little bit, definitely read all the books, all the books. Okay. <laughs> um, <because> <laughs> <laughs> they do really help. They really help you to get a different perspective on drinking. Um, which is something that just, yeah, was really transformational for me, just thinking about alcohol so much differently. Um, mm. Get support um, because it's just really nice knowing that you're not on your own with it and that other yeah. people have been through it. And 
I know that anyone that's watching who is thinking about giving up will think that they won't be able to do it. Um, but I just want to tell them that they will. Yeah, <laughs> and they can. Because <laughs> um, I felt the same. Um, and that, yeah, you'll find that it will be tough and you might relapse. Um, but if you, if you do give up, then, you know, you'll, you'll find much greater fulfillment in your life for sure. Yes. You will. I can vouch for that. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> okay. And just before we go, Susanna, if somebody is interested in learning more about emotional freedom technique or tapping and they want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Um, so you can either just contact me on, on social media, just at Susanna Butcher. Um, I've got a group uh, which is called Calmpreneur, and that's anxiety survival tips for business owners. Um, and you can also head to my website just to find out more about EFT at susannabutcher.co.uk. Okay, okay. We put all of that in. Thank you. The description. Oh, well, thank you so much, Susanna. It's been oh, a pleasure right. chatting to you. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. You're welcome. Is there anything that you'd like to say before we go? Have I missed anything? Any burning um, question or piece of advice you want to share? No, just to say thank you to you for, for the work that you do as well. And it's lovely to be in the same online space as so many other women you know trying to make make a difference somehow <laughs> yeah it is it is oh thank you <laughs> thank you thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode then please share and subscribe for more help and support go to the sober bliss website soberbliss.com connect with me on social media and learn how i can help you quit drinking and start living 